Welcome to the King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at kogva.org. It's good to be with you this morning. My name is Tara Wolf. I'm still your director of community engagement uh, for the next month. Um, and this morning, uh, as you heard, if you went to the 8 o'clock service, uh, Pastor Harmon said how we are introducing Fresh Start, which is our new series for this um, next five weeks. And on Wednesday mornings and evenings, he's going to be leading Bible study a little bit more in depth on what whatever that theme is. So today, it's wisdom, um, a little more wiser. Yes, you heard him say, we all we all tried to help, um, but uh, sometimes Pastor Harmon has these words, he makes up words, and we all say, all right, we're, we're behind you, we stand behind you 100%. So yes, we know that is not correct, but uh, it has gotten attention, let's put it that way. Um, and so today, we're going to be talking about wisdom on Wednesday, Pastor Harmon is going to be talking about Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, and his uh, his wisdom, and how he became a little more wiser. So each week on Wednesdays, he'll, he'll sp- uh, focus on a specific person in the Bible to go along with that word. But today, today's kind of a standalone Bible study. Uh, last year at this time, we really talked about Epiphany, and so this uh, time I figured we would just go with the uh, wisdom, or the wiser theme, Next week, uh, guess what? Next week, you get to have doctors fill and fill that. Um, and so, if you have not seen the promotional materials, yes, that is Pastor Keener in a devil's costume. Um, he is dressed up as Satan. And uh, Pastor, I mean, uh, Dr. Swenson is dressed up as the angel. And so, they are going to be uh, teaching a course called Heaven's Yes, Hell No, and that is a follow-up to Good God, Bad World. You didn't have to go to that first class to be able to come to this, but in case you were saying, oh, we want more of Good God, Bad World, well, you are going to get it next week. Uh, Heaven's Yes, Hell No, and uh, that will be at 9.30 and 10.45 in the morning. Um, So those are our upcoming Bible studies. And like I said, today we're going to be talking about wisdom, and let's, uh, let's be wise and open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to come together to learn more about what your wisdom is and how we, um, how we can seek it, how we can uh, hold on to it, Lord, and how we can use it in our own lives as we walk with you and follow you. Um, Lord, help us to be wise today, to have eyes that are open to your word, ears that are open to your word, and hearts that are open to receiving your word, so that it may be good for us and also for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so I'm going to run this a little bit differently than I normally run a Bible study, because I want this to be a little bit more of a discussion, uh, because there's a lot of wise people in this room, uh, and I want to be able to learn from you as well. So I'd like to at least have... Three people at each table, so I'm going to have to ask some of you to move, um, so that you, or at least you can talk with at least three people. Do me a favor and look at the top of that piece of paper. It says, "How do you define the word wisdom?" I'd like you to talk to that, talk about that with the people you're with, and I'd love to have a definition or some words to be able to share with one another, so that we can 
have a starting understanding of what we think wisdom is. And I'll give you about three or four minutes to get something on paper and then share with the group. Okay. I'd love to hear, just so you know, there's never, when I uh, am bleeding, there's not, this isn't like a trick question where I'm going to say, well, Bob, you got almost all of it right, but, but not something else. This is just to open up you know, the discussion and to see where we all are and what we might think uh, some words associated with wisdom or possibly a definition. Um, so let's start over here. We'll go to the right and then we'll kind of circle around. Elizabeth, are you the spokesperson? Apparently, because okay. I was the only one with a pen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a, a lot of one-liners, if you will. Okay. Um, uh, experienced, oh, a wise person is slipping from experience. Um, there was a quote, the eyes of the heart was from what? Paul? Anyway, it's from Paul. Okay. Um, <laughs> knowing how to live well, mm. listening well, that's one of my pet peeves, people who talk and don't listen. Mm-hmm. Um, fear of the Lord, or one person said, awe of the Lord, mm-hmm. seeking truth. Having a cool head and a warm heart. Hmm. Great. Thank you. Wonderful. All right, let's go to the background. Um, the application of knowledge, uh, perception, mm-hmm. experience, um, being just, mm-hmm. ju- doing it in a just way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have experience. Experience has come up now twice. Yes. All right. Okay. Let's go down to the middle table. One of the things we came up with was also experience. And I have a personal situation with that. And that's our, our oldest granddaughter who went off to college and did fine the first semester. And the second semester kind of it wasn't for her right now. Mm-hmm. She entered college as a young freshman. And uh, she's getting some experience now, which a lot of people call a gap year mm-hmm. in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she just needed to have that extra time to put the wisdom in. She, she's smart. Yeah. And she's going to try junior college this coming year. And so the experience part of it is very important mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else? table. Well, I, I put down discretion, uh, understanding, and from that you gain wisdom. Mm. Um, I heard a lot more, but that, uh, that's whatever. Okay? <clears throat> uh, opposite of being simple, mm. not hating knowledge, and fearing the Lord. But then I also observed that they portray wisdom as feminine, and that offended me. Yes. Carol, do you have any wisdom to add to that? <laughs> um, I think um, it's learned from life experiences, mostly. And if we pay attention to that, the true wisdom is through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I like that pay attention, right? The be alert um, of what's happening. Yeah. Great, thanks. Go back here. Yeah, um, both sides said to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. 
But then how do you make the right decision? So, fear of the Lord. And we also had experience. Experience. <laughs> Knowing enough to not make the same mistake twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Remember that, right? Or yeah. when you're young, you better listen to your parents. Like, you know, get some wisdom, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you listen, if you pay attention, right? right? Be alert. Uh, Larry and I had our own um, conference back there, and we said that it is seeking the Lord's will and then following it. Um, and if we just, if we could only just do that, right? Yeah. Everything, we would be wise and everything would be fine. Um, okay, great. Thank you for, for indulging me in that. Uh, what we're going to do today is we are going to look at three of the books of wisdom. Uh, we're going to look at Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. And if I were doing a three-week series, we would look at one each week, but we're doing a one-week series, so we're going to look at all three. Um, and... We're going to use um, the. We're going to use uh, three videos to introduce those topics, and the first one we're going to watch is Proverbs, and we're going to also see that it's addressed as a woman. Uh, the The word for wisdom is in the feminine in the Bible, and so that is why they portrayed it as as female. Um, and it's interesting. What I'd like you to do is to, while we're watching this, you can have your paper here if you want to just jot down some notes of things that, maybe reactions or responses. We're going to talk about the same question three different times. How is wisdom defined in Proverbs? How is this different or similar to what you think of as wisdom in Ecclesiastes and then Job? And then hopefully we will tie that all together by the end. Elizabeth, would you mind getting the lights for me, please? You want them all off? Yes, please. There are three books in the Bible that have come to be called the wisdom literature Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. And all these books are addressing the same set of questions. What kind of world are we living in? And what does it look like to live well in this world? So, how to be good at life? Yeah. So, each of these books tackles these questions from a unique perspective. And it's important to understand all of them to get a fully biblical perspective on the good part. So, as a thought experiment, you could actually imagine each of these books as a person. So, Proverbs would be like a brilliant young teacher, and Ecclesiastes is the sharp, middle-aged critic, and Job would be this weathered old man who's seen a lot in his day. We're going to start by meeting the book of Proverbs, the brilliant young teacher. And she's not just smart, she's smart about everything, work, relationships, sex, spirituality. She has incredible insights, things you wouldn't see under her. Yeah, she would be the perfect friend to have around when you need really specific advice. So what makes her so smart? Well, Proverbs can see things that most people don't see. She believes that there's an invisible creative force in the universe that can guide people in how they should live. And you can't see it, just like you can't see gravity, but it affects everything that we do. So what's this force? Well, in Hebrew, it's called chokmah, and it usually gets translated into English as wisdom. It's an attribute of God that God used to create the world. And Hokman has been woven into the fabric of things and how they work. So wherever people are making good, just, or wise decisions, they're tapping into Hokman. And whenever someone's making a bad decision, they're working against Hokman. Right, or as it says in Proverbs chapter 1, the waywardness of fools will destroy them. But the one who listens to wisdom lives in security. So it's like a moral law of the universe. Yeah, it's a cause-effect pattern. No one can 
And Proverbs personifies all of this as a woman. Yeah, Lady Wisdom. Right, and she roams around the earth calling out, making herself available to anyone who's willing to listen to her. Which leads to the second thing Proverbs believes, that anyone can access and interact with wisdom and use it to make a beautiful life for yourself or for others. You can create with it like a designer. Yes, in fact, Chokmah in Hebrew isn't simply intellectual knowledge. The word is also used to describe a skilled artisan who excels at their craft, like woodworking and stoning. So you show you possess Chokmah when you put it to work and develop the skill of making the clock. Okay, that makes sense. So let's do this. Let's go find some wisdom. But before you do, Proverbs has one more really important thing to consider. Chokmah isn't some impersonal force. It's an attribute of God himself. And so in Hebrew thought, your journey to becoming wise has to begin with what Proverbs calls the fear of the Lord. It's this healthy respect for God's definition of good and evil. And true wisdom means learning those boundary lines and not crossing them. Now, all those ideas you just unpacked are in chapters 1 through 9 in Proverbs. But when I think of the book of Proverbs, I think of the collection of sayings, the Proverbs themselves. Tell me about those. Yeah, those are what you find in chapters 10 on to the end of the book. It's a collection of hundreds and hundreds of proverbs about any and all aspects of life. And Chokmah gets applied to them, resulting in this wise guidance to help you find a path towards success, and no matter what you do. If I design my life with these sayings, life is going to be good. Yeah, or as Proverbs puts it, it'll give health to your bones, prosperity, a long, rich life. Which is a really big claim. But you can see, it's often the case. Wise people, they tend to do better. Things usually work out well for them in life. And so that is the promise and the wisdom of the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is really beautiful. But if we take a step back, some people would argue it's a little too simplistic. Sometimes horrible things happen to really wise people, and sometimes foolish people get rewarded. It doesn't always work the way we think it should work. That's right. Which is why we need to go and listen to our next wise friend, Ecclesiastes the Critic. Because he's wrestled with that very problem, and he's going to push us further in our journey to find the good one. All right. So... There are three. Go ahead and turn to the people that you're with, and look at those questions. Um, and we'll give you about two or three minutes in your groups, and then I'd like to open up the discussion based on what we just learned in Proverbs. So start in your groups, and then I'll bring you back. I'd love to hear some from your groups. Maybe uh, your reactions, your responses, it doesn't have to be in any, you know, um, three points or three bullets. If you have a favorite proverb that you would like to share, you can open up to that. While you get to Proverbs in your Bibles, if you're not there, I'm just going to read you the first part of um, the chapter. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, sometimes that says wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Think in the first couple of sentences, we really 
we were in concert with what you all had been saying before, right? We had the young and bold, we had um, the just and the fair in there. So how did Proverbs kind of stack up, or what did we learn about what wisdom is in Proverbs? You were all talking, so we can either go in an order or you can just share. I don't mind either way. You guys both had good insights. What was this you said? Moral? Uh, moral. Moral law of the universe. Okay. Yeah, and it was phrased. How did you phrase it? Invisible force that governs. That's woven into the fabric of the universe. Yeah. They kind of drew that out of the universe. Okay. <laughs> so things we talked about... What, the first part of that video, I can't remember the phrase they used, but I, I came up with discerning. Mm -hmm. You know, anyway, and also that using the creativity that God gave us. Mm -hmm. And another person, we, we agreed that it was, it was a gift from God. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I liked how they drew that out by um, using, right, the wisdom for the creativity and how that is. That was neat, I thought, in the video, how they illustrated that. I had not previously thought of wisdom in that way. Wisdom has an outward manifestation. Mm. Uh, right? I mean, the artist of workmanship is yeah. the reflection of the wisdom. Mm. Yeah, that was nice. Carol? Can, uh, I like to think that we can pray for wisdom. Yeah. Pray to God for wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> yes that he would bestow that wisdom on us, that it is a gift from God. Yeah, absolutely. They did point out in the video that uh, wisdom is accessible to, to all people. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not the exclusive province of Christians. Yeah. Middle table? Well, first of all, I think the video was absolutely excellent. But it was like a fire hose. Yes. And was <laughs> so, so, so very much of that. Uh, and there was three very specific points, all of which I think were very, very important. Mm -hmm. um, and um, the, um, the, I think the wonderful thing that, is that we're going to compare now probably with Ecclesiastes and Job because wisdom literature in the Bible is often ignored because it's so problematic depending yeah. upon where you where you go in. Um, and the last couple of sentences uh, in terms of to provide a critique of the problems is really, really important because it always doesn't work that way. Right. Uh, for people who are uh, have avoided the great catastrophes of life, who have uh, been successful, um, who have planned their life and been able to work their plan, they love Proverbs. Right. Because yeah. it works for me, it worked for me, yeah. we now follow this, and if you all just would do it, it would be okay, but that's that's why we need Ecclesiastes. Right, yeah. Ecclesiastes <laughs> is going to balance this out we, a little bit. Yeah, almost to <laughs> yes, Almost to the other side. That's right. Yes. And then we need Job, and then, yeah. Ecclesiastes goes over. <laughs> I agree, yeah. Yeah, it is like a fire hose. Um, really? Wonderful. Yeah. Just a wonderful. Where did you find yeah. this? These are the Bible Project um, videos. And some of you know that I, I very much enjoy these. But I thought it was interesting that they had this series, and, they, and they're and they meant to be 
understood together, which I really think is, is quite wise of them, because you're right, Pastor, when, when you just look at any one of those books, right, Ecclesiastes, you can feel like, oh my gosh, like, there's, right, everything is meaningless, right, which we're going to see in this But it relates to people who are in the depths, yes. you know, whose life has collapsed, right. you know, whose family is disintegrated, you know, who've been victims of violent crime. Right. I mean, yeah, Ecclesiastes will. And then Proverbs, I think, also can be it can be good for those who it has been good for, but it can also, if read in a way that you are, um, like you're a failure, you know, so some people will say, I didn't train my child up, right? Or I trained my child up in the way that they should go, and they still are not following Jesus, right? Because we read into it all of our own True. difficulties, um, whereas uh, this is the way that Proverbs is written is is to say, hey, if everything were perfect and we were all living in this way, right, then then wouldn't that be something, right? Our table over here, John, I heard you read a proverb. Did you pull out a proverb for your table? Uh, well, not a specific one, but these first ten chapters particularly talk about <clears throat> listening and learning from someone who knows, had experience. Yeah. Uh, we're not all born with wisdom. We have to acquire that by listening to other people's mm-hmm. examples and experiences. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. So how does this stack up to what we had come up with in our very first? Uh, so what we just learned from Proverbs, how does that stack up to what we talked about in wisdom? Larry? I wanted to wait on one point. The problem with um, uh, wisdom is the source of it. Mm-hmm. Because Satan used wisdom to cause the very first sin. You know better than God. That's not going to happen. Use your mind. Yeah. You can figure this out. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and do it. And so wisdom has its issues. If it's not coming from God, right. um, it's not wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. That's good. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. And that's not something that we would necessarily touch on in, in when we were talking about uh, what we think wisdom is, either, right? We have to be listening to the right voice or voices. Yeah. Jim and then Judy? I just happen to think of the train up a child in the way you should go, and when yeah. he is old, he will not depart from it. And, uh, you know, if you just if you just let it grow, we, we were at a restaurant the other day, and they, they had, what was it, bonsai or mm-hmm. something, and they had, it went like this. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously it had been trained yeah. from the time it pruned and everything else. And yeah. so now it's like this, and that's the way it's always going to be. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Maybe children aren't exactly like bonsais. <laughs> <laughs> but a visual representation. That's right. It would be easier if they were. But it is a visual representation of what that could mean, right? Yeah. Right. You, don't, you don't just... Put it there and say, I hope it grows like this. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Thank you, Judy. This is a subject about which I'm very interested because on the bottom of my report card from the grades, kindergarten through the eighth grade was this verse. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm. It was a Lutheran school. That was the motto of the school. And I wondered about that for many years. Yeah. The fear Mm -hmm. of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom. Being afraid, yeah. So I'm, I'm on taking mode. Yeah, and we'll 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 definitely address that because it can be a misnomer, right? Yeah. 
All right, let's jump into Ecclesiastes. Elizabeth, would you mind? Thank you. That's what if you are the person. I'm glad I had to <laughs> yes. get to be the person who's there. We're exploring three books in the Bible known as the wisdom literature Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. And they're all asking the question what does it mean to live well in this world? So we've looked at Proverbs, who you could think of as a bright young teacher. She's all about pursuing wisdom, an attribute of God that's woven into reality. And she's optimistic that if you use wisdom, you will build a successful life. But then we come to Ecclesiastes, who's more like this sharp, middle-aged critic. And he says, you think using wisdom will bring you success. You better think again. <laughs> the sun is meaningless. And that's a phrase he uses a lot in this book. But to understand this book, we have to realize first that we're hearing two voices. So first there's the teacher, and we've been calling him the critic. He's the main voice in the book. But he is introduced to us by another figure, the author. And he's the one who's collected the critic's words, and then at the end of the book summarizes everything and gets the final word. So why does the author want us to hear from the critic? Well, he wants to turn your view of the world upside down. And he's going to let the critic explore three really disturbing things about the world. And we should warn you, these are pretty intense. Yeah. So the first is the march of time. Whereas the critic says, Generations come and generations go. But the earth, it's been here long before us and will be long after. No one remembers people from long ago, and all the people yet to come, they too will be forgotten by those who come after them. So, on a cosmic scale, you and I, we are just a blip. Stars are born, and then they die and form planets which orbit new stars, and those planets, they change over time, and eventually... And amidst this cosmic backdrop, my entire existence is like a blip in time. Which leads to the critic's second disturbing observation, that we are all going to die. Humans face the same fate as the animals. Death. All people. The righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, those who offer sacrifices to God and those who do not. They all share the same destiny. All this activity and madness, then we all join the dead. Yeah, this book is depressing. And so is the final disturbing thing for the critic, and that is life's random nature. So in Proverbs, life isn't random. There's a clear cause and effect relationship between doing the right thing and being rewarded. But the fact is that life doesn't always work that way. The critic has observed a glitch in the system. He calls it chance, or in his words, the race doesn't always go to the swift, or to battle to the strong, nor does food always come to the wise, or wealth to the brilliant, or favor to the educated. Time and chance happen to them all. So his point is that you can't really control anything in life. It's just way too unpredictable. So if I want some afterlife, then you're setting yourself up. Now, throughout the book, the critic uses a metaphor to tie together all of these disturbing ideas. Nearly 40 times, he says that everything in life is heaven. It's a Hebrew word that means smoke or vapor. Like smoke, life is beautiful and mysterious. It takes one shape, and before you know it, 
It takes a new shape. And smoke looks solid, but try and grab it, it'll slip right through your fingers. And when you're stuck in the thick of it, like fog, it's impossible to see clearly. Now, our modern translations have lost the metaphor, and they usually translate pebble as meaningless. But if you read closely, the critic isn't saying that life has no meaning, but rather that its meaning is never clear. Like smoke, life is confusing, it's disorienting and uncontrollable. So... What are we supposed to do with all of it? Well, surprisingly, the critic first of all acknowledges the perspective of Proverbs. He says it's a really good idea to learn wisdom and to live in fear of the Lord. Really? I mean, he just said that doesn't guarantee success. But he knows it's the right thing to do. But secondly, and more often, he says that since you can't control your life, you should stop trying. <clears throat> learn to hold things with an open hand, because you really only have control over one thing. And that's your attitude towards the present moment. Stop worrying, he says, and choose to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, or the sun on your face, or a good meal with people that you care about. The simple things in life. Yes, and both the good things and the bad, because both are rich gifts from God. And that's the surprising wisdom of Ecclesiastes. Listening to the critic is painful and can lead you into some dark places. And that's why the author speaks up at the end of the book. He doesn't want you to lose hope. He wants to make you humble. Into someone who trusts that life has meaning even when you can't make sense of it. That one day God will clear the heaven and bring his justice on all that we've done. And so he tells us that the proper response to all of this is to fear the Lord and keep his commandments. And that's the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, there's one more voice in the Bible's wisdom literature, and that's the book of Job. And he will bring us the final, much-needed perspective on our journey into wisdom. Okay. So, let's go ahead and talk in your groups, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll get some feedback there. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Ecclesiastes. Um, if, you, if you've not read Ecclesiastes, I would encourage you to do so, especially in light of what we just watched here, understanding that there are really two voices speaking, and, um, and I encourage you to get through the entire book. It's not very long. If you stop about halfway through, it can, it can be. It's a, it's a pretty depressing, uh, depressing book. And I think it's interesting... Um, the word for meaningless that they defined. Uh, hopefully that metaphor kind of, I don't know, helps us see a little bit differently. Um, I always think about uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, right? That is our most favorite and uh, well-known, the time for everything. Um, if you read it, actually, though, in the context, it is, this is not... Um, you know, I think the birds made the song, uh, turn, 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 right? Um, and it's it's a peppy, upbeat song, uh, although it was not at the time, right? But it, it sounds good, but it's, yeah, there's a time for everything, but, um, you know, none of this is good, really, right now. Um, so, all right, so what do we think? What do we, what do we think about wisdom in Ecclesiastes? Do we agree that this book should be in the wisdom series of, of the Bible? Should this be classified as a wisdom book? Yes? Okay. Uh, Nigel's nodding his head for everybody, right? Yes. I, it, it, is that the general sentiment? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And we ignore 
to our peril. Say a little bit more about that. Did we ignore Ecclesiastes to our peril? Yeah, if we ignore that. Mm. Yeah, if we ignore the critic. Mm. Um, because I had an instant dislike. I hated the critic okay. because he smoked a pipe. Huh. And the smoke yeah. was just, you know, wah! Yeah. God, because <laughs> it brought all back a lot of bad memories <laughs> about yeah. smoke-filled rooms. And uh, so it was, uh, yeah, yeah. Not the critic. <laughs> I was glad that they said painful because it was painful just to look at him yeah. uh, and to see the smoke. And, and, and what he says, it, it is painful yeah. that we're all, all going to die. Uh, and that life is random. random. Mm-hmm. And he agrees, right? He mentions Proverbs, right? He, he agrees with Proverbs, like, yes, that this is, that you should do these things, but he just has a different take on it, right? So it's, it's a different balance. What else? The bright side. <laughs> I'm not sure we came to anything conclusive. I derailed our discussion by raising my objection to verse 728, which I have a problem with, and I pushed back at the critic and say, you haven't been around, I need to take you aside. You haven't learned. You missed it. Hmm. What is it? What does it say? I've one man among a thousand I've found, but a woman among all these I have not found. I don't know what you're smoking. It's a big blip. It's a problem in your yes. life. We all see that. Um, yes. So. If it's coming from Solomon, right? And yeah. There's a chance that it's, it's not. Yes, Pastor. It's interesting that the, the Hebrew title of the book is translated the, the preacher. Yes. Yeah. I, I suppose he has the preacher as that second guy who comes out at the end. Yes. Rather than the critic. Than the critic, yeah. <laughs> We would hope, <laughs> right, yeah, interesting, yeah, we would hope that that is, yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe it was, but maybe it's not two, two people, it's yeah. one person. Maybe it is, just adopting a different voice for the wrap-up, yeah, because that is also, that can also happen. Or maybe right? adopting a different voice for the first part, yeah. and the wrap-up is really, it's really, really good. Really done. Yeah, that's a good point. When you, uh, I thought it was interesting when you look at the little subtitles in this English Standard Version yeah. of the first four chapters all is vanity the vanity of wisdom, the vanity of self-indulgence, the vanity of living wisely, the vanity of toil, a time for everything the God-given task from dust to dust, evil under the sun, and then chapter 5 says fear God mm. <laughs> yeah so after you go through all, all that, that yeah. then the two words yeah. sort of right. puts everything in context. Yeah, interesting. 
They have the little subchapters. What else? Anything else that we gained from Ecclesiastes? Anything that balances this out? We have no control, but God has control. Mm. Yeah, did you see? I thought that um, that thing, like the slot yeah. machine or whatever that thing yeah. was, yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. randomness and that, that is not our control. control. Yeah. Good point. And I thought it was interesting, when, and then we said um, part of wisdom is, is knowing that we don't have, I mean, yeah. is that a lot better, but knowing we don't have control and stop, stop trying to control. Right, our lives. Yeah. Yeah, wisdom is the fear and knowledge of God. Then going back to the knowledge of what Proverbs is, with it being this invisible force that's woven into the fabric of the universe, Mm -hmm. and it's said to live life with an open hand, Mm -hmm. then that would be the the wisdom and that knowing that God is ultimately in control. Mm -hmm. So to take away the anxiety and to take away the, the idea that life maybe isn't random, mm-hmm. but there's this chance that's, that God has placed into this fabric of the universe. Mm-hmm. So that when we go through our struggles and our joys, that we live with this open hand, mm-hmm. knowing that ultimately we aren't in control, and yeah. how humbling that is, yeah. to then just give it over. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, I love that uh, visual too in the open hands, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It, we're not directing. <laughs> we're not orchestrating. We are we are like this. But comforting in that yeah, too. Absolutely. We don't have to yeah. fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we can mess it up. <laughs> yeah. But God can fix it. Yeah. And what you said at the end there about our joys, our struggles and our joys, that's where we can jump into the Job. I think we all have a cursory understanding of Job. Uh, we're going to find out now how he fits into the wisdom literature uh, category, and we'll wrap that all up. There are three books in the Bible known as the wisdom literature, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. The first, Proverbs, showed us that God is wise and just. Yeah, we learned that God has ordered the world so that it's fair. The righteous are rewarded, the wicked are punished. In other words, you get what you deserve. But then we meet Ecclesiastes, who observes, well, people don't always get what they deserve. Yeah, he said the world isn't always fair, that life is unpredictable and hard to comprehend, just like smoke. And this makes you wonder, okay, well... Is God wise and just? Exactly. And so it's that question that is being explored in the final book of wisdom, Job. All right, let's dive in. So Job begins with a strange story that takes place up in the heavens, which are described something like a heavenly command center. So God is there with these angelic creatures called the sons of God, and they're all there reporting for duty. And God points out this guy Job, his servant showing how righteous good he is. And then one of these angelic creatures approaches. He's referred to in Hebrew as the Satan. The Satan? Who's this? Well, this word is actually a title, which literally means the one who is opposed. So out of this whole crew, he is the one questioning how God is running the world. And he proposes that Job might not actually love God, that he's only a good person because God rewards him. If God were to take away all of the good things he gave to Job, then we would see his true colors. So he thinks Job is just working the system? 
And so not getting it back isn't a reward. So why does he get it back? Well, apparently, God, in his wisdom, decided to give Job a gift. We don't know why. But what we do know is that Job is now the kind of person who, no matter what comes, good or bad, he can trust God's wisdom. And that's the book of Job and the end of our wisdom series. These biblical books of wisdom are amazing. Each one offers a unique perspective on the good life, and you need to hear all of them together as you learn to live with wisdom and in the fear of the Lord. Okay. So, only have a few minutes, but I think it's important to discuss Job. Uh, so, take two minutes in your groups, and then we'll come back to a point. Job is actually also the longest book, I think, out of all of these, so um, humor is certainly trying to miss a few minutes, but I'm sure, we, I'm sure you can. So. All right, what did we learn from Job? What, what is the wisdom in Job? Do you have friends like Job's friends? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, those are not, they are not great friends. They are not great friends. But it was... Yeah, it illustrates point. What did we learn from Job? Carol. I like how it's described before you start reading it. The book warns us to avoid reducing God's moral rule to easy formulas. Hmm. To easy formulas. Interesting. Where yeah. is that? I want to cross stitch that. Cross stitch. <laughs> <laughs> Say it one more time. Read, read it one more time. The book warns us to avoid reducing God's moral rule to easy formulas. Yeah. Okay. In other words, making excuses. Mm-hmm. Now, thinking of God as the ultimate. Yeah. We just read a devotion that if, or you can say it better than I can, you remember. Well, we're talking exactly. about the God's creation. wisdom, mm-hmm. placement of the earth in the solar system. Mm-hmm. And if we were a little bit closer to Venus, yeah. we would uh, burn, the Earth would burn up quickly. Yeah. If we were a little closer to Mars, we'd freeze to death. Mm. But it's all in place. It's all in balance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can't control that. No, no we cannot. Yes. Okay, what else did we learn from Joe? Pastor? Was oh, that your the, um, the extraordinary wisdom at the, at the end of the book where God says, you know, we put those. Um, we were in Marathon, Florida, day before yesterday yes. and visited the turtle hospital mm-hmm. and the, the sea turtles yeah. that were there we had spent an hour and a half an extraordinary educational event talking about the extraordinary um, wisdom that God has planted in this little walnut shaped brain yeah. of the sea turtle in terms of how they, they manage and it was all there, you know, the, yeah. the little, the little, the little, little turtle, yeah. <laughs> the baby, it was just, yeah. yeah. So. And then it's put in the video. Yeah, in the video, yeah. yeah. Two days later, we yeah. looked at it here, oh, it was amazing. Yeah, that's, thank you for that, yeah. And also, like, all the points, right, that God is, the God sees. He sees the big, the big, big All the points. Yeah. yeah. Even the little turtles, yeah. right, going, yeah. yeah. Great. And I think that's part of wisdom, to be able to back away and mm. acknowledge that there's a bigger view than what I see. Yeah. My, and that's that's part of the... Those of you who... And I want to encourage you to... Um, a diary of private prayer. You know, he again and again emphasizes the wisdom 
that is passed on to us by the apostles, the prophets, the martyrs, the saints, right. um, and also then places as very humbly in, in the hands of God. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. It's Thank you. Anyone else? And the, the first part of the book, Job is looking at his condition mm. from his viewpoint, and all he sees is negative. War yeah. is me, and everything. And then yeah. he turns to the Lord, and kind of reminds me of that. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct you back. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and His people 
grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us on the web at kogva.org.